This episode of MBSing is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. They asked me not to read an ad, so I'm just going to thank them for their constant friendship and support. Enjoy the show. I do my head toss, check my nails. Baby, how you feeling? Hello, welcome to MBSing. I'm your host, Mary Beth Smith. My guest today is Tawny Newsom, and she talks to me about her love of her natural hair. This was such a joy of a conversation because it was really just a journey through Tawny's kind of claiming her own natural hair after so long uh, using really harsh straighteners and expensive weaves and all these other things to conform to a beauty standard that, you know, she had kind of always seen reflected in her community and in the zeitgeist at large. So enlightening and fun to unpack that process and journey and uh, how it's affected her work in the industry, the types of roles that she's getting cast in now versus uh, when she was using weave and um, straightening and things like that. And uh, it, I just didn't even consider something like that until this conversation. So this was eye-opening for me where that was a concern in the sense that she it, it changed her job and her livelihood. And uh, man, I'm really excited for people to hear us discuss that. And it was uh, just so much fun along the way. Tawny is really wonderful, a great conversationalist, really fun to watch and to listen to. And uh, it was uh, a great joy to get to sit down with her for a bit. So if you like Tawny here, you should check out season three of Bajillion Dollar Properties on CISO. She has been given the blessing of CISO to freely encourage people to sign up for a one-month free trial, watch Bajillion Dollar Properties, and then cancel it. So if you're really like stressed about signing up for another streaming service, that's always on the table. But they have faith that you will watch Bajillion and love it because how could you not have a lot of joy uh, along with the folks that Tawny discusses in here and working with and want to keep riding that CISO train? I don't know. I can't fathom it. I think you're just going to get hooked. If you like this podcast, you can listen to other podcasts in the Chicago Podcast Co-op, of which MBSing is a part. I also would recommend the show Random Conversations with Elizabeth, a fellow Chicago podcast co-op show that is hosted by Elizabeth Cambridge. She does a wonderful job of conversing with incredibly diverse members of her Chicago community, poets, rappers, uh, gosh, just like totally runs the gamut in terms of guests and uh, she has really intimate conversations with people so that I think is a good pairing for the vibe of this I also would recommend that you check out a fellow Nerlogs podcast hosted by Eric Garneau called Blank Cassette June marks his foray into having some of his favorite comic artists on his show so if you would like to hear podcast episodes about playlists and blank CDs and such that some very cool comic artists have put together. 
I would point you to that on the Nerdlogs website under podcasts or, you know, just any old way that you listen to podcasts, iTunes and such. It's called Blank Cassette. Tune in to all of June's comic artist episodes. I think that's plenty for me. Thank you so much to Tani for doing this with me. It was such a joy to be on the Joko Cruise together and to reunite this month in Chicago. And before I forget, what a good way to mark uh, year four. This is uh, crawling in to the fifth year of MBSing, so pretty big, pretty big deal, right? Do a thing every week for four years. Yeah. Could have done worse things. I've been enjoying this for four years now. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the show. Let's get this old party started. Yay! I don't do too many in the morning, so you're a brave soul for <laughs> getting it in here with me. I know, I'm the idiot who suggested this time. <laughs> I was like, that'll be great! <laughs> Just stick it in right before lunch. It's like an early morning talkathon, you know? I'm not from a place where it's two hours earlier in my brain. No! <laughs> I definitely woke up at a time that's normal for me. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you're here, and uh, I'm excited to chat with you. My guest today is Tani Newsom. Hello. And uh, she's going to talk to me about natural hair mm -hmm. and everything that entails. So usually how I'll start is asking what the origin of your love and interest in this topic is. Um, I guess that I was born with it on my head, <laughs> but also like fought it for so long. Yeah. Because, you know, like you're, I was a kid in the 90s. And so the second I was old enough to get a relaxer, you know, like you ever seen that scene in Malcolm X when he's in the shower with the lye on his hair and uh -huh. it like starts to burn. That's like what we would do in the 90s. You put this fucking chemical on you Ugh. and you're just like sitting there, a child, burning your hair straight to, like, fit in. Um, so I did that for years and years. And then they, like, changed the formulas and stuff. So then you have slightly less toxic mm -hmm. chemicals on your head. But still, you're still, Pretty like, damaging. Yeah. You're destroying your hair follicle in the sake of, you know, uh, assimilation. Um, right, right. So then. Oh, the 90s. Oh, boy. <laughs> then after that, it was, like, you know, weaves. It was, like, oh, well, you don't have to destroy your own hair. You can hide your hair and, you know, attach D different kinds of hair to you in all these different ways and it was like this revelation like right. oh I can have straight hair but I don't have to like have the chemical I really thought it was like green I was like I'm wearing weaves because I'm natural that's so funny <laughs> and it was so expensive I, it, that's what I was gonna say oh my expensive god expensive and time consuming yeah it was nuts so and I did relaxers and stuff up through college and then after college started wearing weave and it was only really like four or five years ago that I just like took the weave out, stopped straightening my hair, stopped chemically straightening and then stopped heat straightening and started just being like, how do I work with the actual texture of my real hair? Right. And I was, you know, 26 years old. I'd never touched my real hair. That's crazy. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a sexual awakening. <laughs> it really is. Like you're like coming out. I'm like, yeah. hey, <laughs> this is me now. That's it. That's what it's around the same time frame, right? Yeah, yeah. It <laughs> like probably is. A woman in her late twenties, yeah, really finding herself. It was because my little cousins. They were like my cousins are like these three girl cousins. They're kind of like sisters because I don't have siblings. Oh, um, so they were. 
At the time, they were probably 19, 21, and 23, and they'd come to visit me here in Chicago, and um, they were all wearing their hair, like, naturally. And I was like, you guys look beautiful. How do you do this? What are you doing? Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, and my littlest cousin was like, get on YouTube. Figure it out. Oh, my <laughs> God. What little dreams. I know, but Where, she was like, you you have the internet. <laughs> You're older than us. Figure this oh out. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. Where are they from? <laughs> They're from Modesto, California. Okay. Like, the middle of the state. So. Okay. Yeah, They. I was like... I flew them to Chicago to have like a city week. I was uh-huh. like, took them to all these like bars and did all kinds of, you know, city type stuff with That's them. so fun. They like loved it here. Uh, and in the meantime, they inspired you. They really did. And then the next time I saw them, I was like, look, look, I'm doing it. And they were like, good job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's very obvious. We've for them. been here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you think that that timeline kind of, aligns with the general kind of understanding in the culture and population being a little more accepting of natural hair and like people kind of owning it a little more i think it's you know what's interesting is that it's really regional because in la you still don't see a ton of natural hair you do for like musicians and stuff Uh but actresses there's still a fear of like oh, these, like, white casting director dudes right. are not going to get it. And, like, it does change the roles I get called in for, but I don't mind because I only want to do comedy anyways. But it definitely puts me in, like, a you're the wacky friend, mm. which I'm kind of, like, great. They have better parts anyway. So I'm, like, doing guest star spots that I'm, like, these are way more this fun. This is dope. Yeah. Than That's... me trying to be, like, a straight-haired, like, ingenue. Right. You know? But I definitely do play against, like, I just did an episode of um, The Carmichael Show. Uh-huh. And Amber Stevens-West, who's the plays Gerard's girlfriend on the show, she's gorgeous. She used to be a model. She <laughs> probably still could be a model if she didn't have that amazing job. Uh-huh. But she's, like, six feet tall, has the longest, straightest hair, and it's, like, all hers. But she's, like, this black woman with, like, very long, straight hair. And I'm, like, the, you really are, like, the L.A. kind of ideal. Huh. You know, in, speaking in stereotypes. Right, sure. Yeah. How, yeah, quotes around ideal right. that the <laughs> listener couldn't see. <laughs> but it seems like that's what black women in L.A. are still kind of, like, oh, we kind of need to fit into that. And, I mean— Great, great work if you can get it because she looks amazing. Right. <laughs> but I just knew, I was like, I got to just be me. But I was talking to another woman on that show who was like, um, you must be from a different city because y'all just wear your hair. We don't wear our hair out here. It was like no one of the makeup way. ladies. Yeah. And I was like, you can. That's really interesting because you would think that there. I guess the industry kind of changes the like <laughs> progression of things like that. Yeah. I think so. But I love speaking to being getting a little more like character roles. Yeah. Even if it feels odd that yeah. that's like, well, I guess, you know, this is my type now or yeah, something. Like, sure, this is my type, which is so funny because coming from Chicago, I had a very different type when I was here. And then you go to L.A. and suddenly you're like. Oh, this is how you guys see. All right, whatever, whatever pays the bills. Right, right. Um, I also get a ton of like gay characters. Everyone's always like, lesbian chef Sasha <laughs> is proposing to her girlfriend Nina. <laughs> I once one year, one pilot season. I don't think any of these pilots went, so I don't f- mind bashing them. Mm-hmm. I auditioned for three gay chefs. Two were named Sasha, and one was named like Chloe. Shut. <laughs> up what is that it's fucking curly hair man <laughs> they're just doing like a diversity gumbo they're like okay we need someone gay diversity we need her to be black gumbo. we need weird hair 
put it all in one character. Also, culinary arts. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's. I feel like sh- chef and food is still. That's one of the ways that people still make a show about something creative. Yes, w- while still being uh, accessible for yeah, yeah. the greater audience. Totally. Oh yeah, I get food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's food. Yeah, it's so passionate and sensual. It's like right. you've just seen a lot of TV shows about. Yeah. Food. You just watch Ina Garten. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. So when you were Growing up, how do you feel like you viewed natural hair at the time? I know you're trying to fight against it, but there has have to have been some yeah people in your life who still kind of embraced it. Hmm. None of my aunts did. My aunts wow. and my grandma, they all wore like wigs or they straightened or yeah. And my mom is white and my mom was always like, whatever you want to do, it's cool with me. But she actually went to beauty school. So she could do my hair. Gotcha. The ironic thing is that if I'd been wearing it natural, she would have been fine to take care of it. Whereas I think a lot huh. of mixed kids have, you know, if a parent doesn't that have would that texture, they don't know how. Drive them into yeah. just figuring out the best way to manage it. Totally. With their own skills. Yeah. That's interesting because I figured that would have factored in somehow. But the fact that she was a beautician. <laughs> no, she was fine. <laughs> <laughs> she could have done whatever you wanted or needed. But yeah. what you felt like you wanted and needed was. <laughs> yeah, right. But the, the style at the time was definitely like very straight. So she was like doing that for mm-hmm. me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I never knew what to do with my hair and it was just like long and not straight and I would just <laughs> brush it out all the time so it would just be like bushy and yeah. terrible <laughs> and so I I came to that also like gradually and probably much less drastically and that was just with my yeah. like straight white hair yeah. <laughs> so I can't fathom trying to fight against something that most things around you weren't even like telling you how to no all those dark and lovely boxes in Walgreens were like glossy straight you know do it at home kind of uh like straightening kits and so there was really nothing unless you wore braids so then like right you know you think like the poetic justice like you think about when braids kind of became a little bit more mainstream accepted in the 90s but it was such a decision to be like I'm not going to be wear straight hair anymore. I'm going to go to my third grade classroom with these big, long braids that are made of this synthetic hair because it's cheaper, it's heavier, it's a totally different look. And then you get your whole class of, you know, classmates being like, what is, what is, what is that? that? Your hair didn't grow overnight. And you're not like equipped at that age to say, you know, and I wonder now if kids still deal with that because it's so much more ubiquitous. Right. I wonder if kids that age now are able to just be like, these are extensions. Fuck you. You know? Right. Yeah. But I remember trying to front and be like, I don't know. It grew. <laughs> right. Because I feel like we overlook how much adults still have to look for ways to communicate, even though we have more of a capacity mm-hmm. than children do. Yeah. So you think about that's such a good example of you not wanting to explain it or not really knowing if you should or could and just being like, uh, yeah, it's just hair. It's just it's what it is. I don't know. And that's such a commitment, too, because yeah. that's what your hair is for how long? Well, like three months, but some people do it less time. Three months is like the limit for braids. Mm-hmm. And then you take it out and you either redo it or you go back to wearing your straight hair like I did and then they're like 
then they get that because they're like, you cut your hair. Right. So you're always running this like <laughs> you're running game on these little white children in your class, <laughs> like just trying to like not talk about it too much. Uh-huh. <laughs> but also like, yeah, you're trying to move off the subject with as few questions as possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I cut it. Yeah. I just I just cut my hair. I got tired of it, so I cut it. <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of like I saw a couple news stories about girls in like charter schools nowadays getting like charter schools that have edicts about not wearing fake hair and wearing extensions, which are I I think they're directed at like dress code. Like they don't want girls coming in in like glammy, you know, like super glam, like clip in Jessica Simpson type extensions. Mm-hmm. But what it's doing is it's penalizing black students. Of course it is. And these are schools that like have like four. <laughs> right. So there's like, there's a news story about these two twin girls that just have like these little box braids and they like got called into the principal's office to basically be like, is this your hair or is it quote fake? Ugh. And these girls are just like, it's fake. Like, what do you want me to say? But yeah, it's like, a. I think people don't realize that that those styles are protective styles because our hair gets so easily damaged it's so fragile because of the curly nature that like we have to find all these creative ways you know tribes in africa have been doing it for centuries find creative ways to like wrap it up and protect it from the elements and some tribes do it with thread or with like strips of fabric and they like wind it around certain sections of hair so you get these kind of like fabrically looking like dreadlocks that sort of stick out like the uh (laughs) when you go to the beach Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you go to the beach and a lady's like... I'm from like, South Carolina. Yeah. So when little girls went to Myrtle Beach... Oh, yeah. You come back with beads on the end. Tiny little hair rips. I was so happy on that. Um, Mary Beth and I did the Joko cruise together. And mm-hmm. I was so happy on that Joko cruise that nobody came back with those. Yes. I was really bracing for it. I was like, please don't let me have to give a white woman a lecture about these braids. Yeah. I, I know what you mean because I grew up associating it with like women of color and white people who went to the beach and and i think it did take me a while to be like "Ooh, wait Ooh. no <laughs> not good no and i'll still get people every now and then that are like it's just hair and i'm like if you knew mm. what we go through to like assimilate into this eurocentric beauty standard to then have like one of quote our styles or a style that's culturally been used to protect our hair that we're finally allowed to embrace and to suddenly see like some white woman in chinos come back from Daytona Beach in them you're just like no (laughs) right yes that's such a good simple way to put it Uh, not that it's the same issue but I see it similarly as like uh, something like trans bathroom laws where people are just like, mm-hmm. we're just trying to keep the right sex in the right bathroom. And it's like, if you talk to an androgynous person for a second yeah. <laughs> about what their experience has been like in bathrooms, then y- you'll shut the fuck up right. about like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you'll realize that your feelings about, your lukewarm feelings about bathrooms or about <laughs> white people wearing that hair don't match with the marginalized person's intense feelings about it. Right. So why not just let them, let them live? Yes, that is, yeah, I think that's all what it boils down to. Just let a person live. Right? Uh, yeah. But that's such a, I think that's such an interesting point in the conversation in terms of how much work and how much of a difference there is in style that it's, I think a lot of people wouldn't realize that it's more of a necessity than a choice. Oh, yeah. And uh, I guess what is the like difference in the textures 
Well, there's lots of textures, obviously, for everyone. But within natural hair, like, you know, people who have black roots, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, there's there's lots of ways to, like, classify the curls, which gets into, like, a weird... So there's, like, numbers and letters, right? So you have, like, A is, like, the loosest wave. Like, you probably have what they'd call an A wave as opposed to, like, a B or a C, which is what I have. And then you have numbers within that that are, like, from one to four. Or maybe it's, like, two to four. Anyway, so if you're, like, a 2C, you've got, like, a, a, a looser but probably still coming from some ethnic origins. Like, it's not, like, a spiral, but it's kind of a tight. Whereas mine, which is a 4B, so it's like a very tight, almost completely kinky curl. And then you see like a 4C, which would be someone who's like not white at all and has like a super tight curl. Right. But it doesn't always correspond to skin color. You could be really dark skin and have looser curls, whatever. But the textures get into a weird uh, politics thing within black culture because of this notion of good hair versus bad hair. Right. So when I first went natural, I had a lot of people saying like, Oh, but you're so light. Your why isn't your hair better? And like, not, these are black people that are like yeah. saying it like positively, like, "Oh man, you would really think you'd have like really good hair." Wow. Whereas I'm like, I do have good hair because it's thick and it grows like crazy and it's healthy. But that super tight, difficult to manage gets dry easily. I have to like put a lot of like moisture in it. That's seen by black women as like you know, on the bad spectrum. So it's just more difficult. Yeah. And it's further from white the, hair. Right. The closer you are to white, the closer you are to the light. Can we just coin that? <laughs> Can we just hashtag that? TM, Tony Nissen. <laughs> so yeah, so it's like a weird, so I stopped like going to the kind of uh, hair typing, the letters and numbers system. Cause I used to follow blogs that were specific to my type and stuff. And it just started like the comments, it just started feeling really like, gross and it started feeling like that dark skin light skin shame that huh. I always kind of grew up with so I was like ah we got to get away get away from these uh numbers because they're they really are like dividing us because people are like oh no no I'm more of a 3c and then and a, they don't want to be seen as right too black oh or like man. too unruly and like having bad hair that's like not you know, because we've been taught that our hair is unkempt, that our hair is not polished. You know, these are the words that they used to use in the 90s. Just like, oh, well, you just need to, like, pull it back or keep it straight so it looks mm. more polished for work. When really what they're saying is, like, and even if they don't white mean to, you got to look more white because your hair is very big. It stands up straight. We don't understand it. So I started looking more to things that would describe, like, porosity, which means, like, how much water it'll absorb or um, elasticity, which is, like, if you pull the curl, how long does it, it take to back? bounce back? Yeah. So those are the things I tend to look for huh. when I'm, like, researching products and stuff. But, yeah, it's a whole web of, like, you can really get deep in some in some forums. <laughs> that is fascinating. I'm really glad that I asked specifically about that because I would have had no idea there was this, like, yeah. number and ranking system. Oh, man, it's intense. And I'm sure, it's like you said, I'm sure it just causes as many problems as it tries to solve because yeah. it's like well I'm a pear shape so right I can't wear <laughs> low cut jeans or whatever right it is. and meanwhile everyone watching your blog is like she's not a pear shape. <laughs> she's an apple she's just trying to be a pear how dare she and you're like no we're supposed to be bringing us together <laughs> right yeah and I knew the conversation surrounding skin tone 
mm-hmm. was a big thing in the black community. So I guess it doesn't necessarily surprise me that the <laughs> spectrum of curl and yeah. wave is also this like, oh, good. <laughs> yeah, that's good. You've done it right. So how much did... Th- Chris Rock's documentary kind of affect this conversation? You know, I haven't seen it. I haven't either, to be honest. Okay, good. Then we're fine. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because I sort of get that way with things that are a little too close. Things that I feel a little, like, I almost didn't see Get Out. Oh, man. I'm so glad that I did. Yeah. That would have been a crazy move. Right. (laughs) But I get a little bit, like, sensitive about things that I'm like, I feel like I've lived this my whole life. It's a little bit, like... I walk my I walk through every day with these feelings or like confronting someone every day who's like just yesterday a man was like is that a wig Oh my and you're like God. he was like it looks great like he was positive but right. it's still just like these daily sort of like being confronted Ugh. with how different you are Yeah um so sometimes I don't seek out content that has to do with that because I'm like one I'm not going to learn anything about right. buying hair from India because I've been doing it my whole life <laughs> two I just don't I don't know. It's not necessarily for you. I don't think it is. It's like it's like for people who need right more information about that. This was I was talking to a friend of mine who's a lesbian and I said I had she asked if I'd seen Carol and I was like, "No, I really need to see that." And then she said, "Have you seen Oh god, what movie was it? This was a couple years ago or a year ago or something." Mm-hmm. So it was like a black movie. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't feel like I need to see that. And she goes, no, I need to see that. You need to see Carol. I was right. like, yeah, you're right. Yes, that's it. It was like Lee Daniels the butler. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. It definitely was. It remember. was definitely Lee Daniels the butler. Yeah, something that came out around the same time that would have been the like, here's yours, here's mine. Yeah, here's yours, we here's can mine. reconvene. We can talk later. Compare notes. Yeah. <laughs> but that said, I bet I keep hearing it's an amazing documentary, so I'm sure I'll see it. But I think I was also just like, yeah, I know. Like, yeah, <laughs> it was just unavoidable. I could not think about it because it was literally called good hair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I feel like a conversation came out around that time in general in the zeitgeist. For sure. Because, you know, it's probably the first time some people had even considered that. Oh, yeah. As a, you know, market and attempt for assimilation kind of like you said yeah and i think them realizing how much money people spend yeah it's insane and i think that really woke up a lot of white people i had a lot of white friends being like suddenly like staring at my hairline and being like so how much uh is that did you pay for is that and i'm like yes everything that you saw yes We go broke. Wow. To look kind of like you guys. <laughs> Man, I remember recently my friend Claire was moving. And so she was like going through all this old stuff. And she posted a picture of an old hair straightener. And the two settings were literally normal and coarse. <laughs> and she yeah. was like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. That's, you just summed it up in a nutshell. Exactly. So she like tweeted a picture of it and was like, hey, guys. This is has been our problem for a really long time. And yep. everyone was like, whoa, right there on the thing that does the straightening. Yep. <laughs> You're either normal or you are coarse. Yeah. 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 Not even like curly or nope. kinky. Coarse. It, it could not have been more, this is the way you want to be and this is bad. <laughs> yeah. It really is. Yeah. I'm sure that just meant like, it's probably a hotter setting for coarser hair. Yeah, it definitely is. And... <laughs> That is all it needed to say. Right. It's like, hi, low. Yeah. 
<laughs> but you know, Revlon or whoever. Oh yeah, felt compelled to be like, well, because at the time, a lot of black hair companies were capitalizing on our shame. They were making you feel the names of the products back then would be like, like Dark and Lovely was the most positive one because at least it was like you are dark and you are also right, lovely. Yeah, but there were ones that were like, oh, I'm cream of nature I remember like the artwork on those boxes was always like of this woman just like in a field with this very straight hair and it was like to be natural to be beautiful like nature you need this fucking chemical straightening cream oh my god there were so many of those and there was just so much I mean all the models on the boxes were my complexion or lighter like you never saw a dark skin model yeah and it wasn't until like the pro like Africa positive type marketing stuff that were really aimed at like braids and dreads wearers Mm -hmm. that was the only time you started seeing like pro black hair care from our own people right I also feel like the 90s were prime uh, herbal essences yeah so that those images of just like sheets of beautiful straight (laughs) brunette hair yep just glossy yes yes (laughs) and I feel like for one reason or another you don't see as much of that kind of marketing maybe it's just because I watch less things that have commercials no I think you don't see as much of it anymore well I don't know now like yeah, maybe it is that we don't see as many commercials. Mm-hmm. I was trying to think of hair commercials now. There's still, I feel like Andy McDowell is still doing those, like, right. what are they, Pantene or something? Yes, I think you're exactly right. Those, to me, have that same feel of, yes. like, just a woman in a white gown on a bed. <laughs> <laughs> glossy hair to her waist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It It's so funny. I think, too, though, that um, things like, the diva cut are becoming yeah more that's where embraced I go. yeah mm-hmm. so it's similarly because it's curly you just gotta yeah you have to like treat it differently because mm-hmm. you know normally they'll they would take your very curly hair and they'd straighten it flat to cut it right and then when it curls back up it's like weird you know? <laughs> right <laughs> so that's the concept of the diva cut is they cut it while it's curly yeah correct? so you go in there so you have to wash it and do like no product no nothing so it you just go in there shrinkage is a big thing with black hair like if you don't like for, for me to get my hair this big i have to like diffuse the roots a little bit and like use a pick and like get it to stand up because if it dries it just goes <laughs> then you have this tiny little tight fro which some people can wear i have too i'm too tall and i have too much body mm. to wear like super close to my head i just feel like all out of proportion so they so you like can't do that when you go get it cut you have to just let it shrink and so i always walk in there feeling like a little caterpillar right and then afterwards you know they cut each strand by strand i emerge a butterfly (laughs) see i still i'm sure i still have hair shame leftovers right (laughs) even now that i'm wearing it how i should be oh i'm sure (laughs) yeah especially with people walking around and not knowing how to interact with natural hair yeah is that a wig yeah come on (laughs) is that a wig i did a a, like a web series shoot and one of the extras was like did you do that just for this and I was like, do, do what? I don't even know what you're asking. <laughs> oh, man. He's like, oh, it's always like that? I was like, yeah. <laughs> I don't oh. know. Is he, Are you always like that? Yeah. Are you Is always this... in those pants? I don't know. <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> right. Uh, it's always well-meaning people. It's never anyone yeah. being a dick. It's just like people are just curious or don't know. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm not even mad. I'm just like, I was talking about this with someone else. I was like, maybe just like think about as a person who looks different than most people, think about how much we are approached 
and like asked questions about our appearance or like talked to, even if it's in a positive, well-meaning way, maybe like before you go up to someone, like a flight attendant last night was just like, you're fabulous. And I was like, I'm such a terrified flyer. I was like basically in tears just sitting there and someone screamed in my face, you're fabulous. Right. And I was like, that should make me feel better. But like if, it, it came right after, is that a wig guy? So like uh, things kind of compound a little bit. Yeah. I know it sounds like I'm complaining about a compliment, but. No, that's totally understandable though. Especially, <laughs> I feel like that's just the other end of the spectrum. Like not asking a weird question versus othering in a different way. Yeah. You know, like, uh, and it's not even like she said, oh, you're beautiful. You know? No. She she made a point to to be a little like extra about it. <laughs> yeah. And she did like the the hair mm, gesture. like Right. So you're like, okay, I know it's because I'm different and you appreciate it and that's great. But like, thank I, you. I'm very scared on this plane right now. And... I just want to be able to, <laughs> like a flight attendant would never say something like that to me. Right. Or maybe she would if you were wearing like a fun outfit. Yes, exactly. And that literally was the only thing I think was like, maybe if I were wearing like a hat and some sneakers, yeah, you know, totally. they might be like, oh, look at you, you know, but yeah. otherwise I'm not going to get that kind of like outlier treatment yeah. or comment or whatever it is. And I think it only starts to rub me because normally I try to be very like if someone's being positive, it's way better than like <laughs> what my dad grew up with. And like, sure. so I'm going to just try and accept it. But I think it's because I can't ever take it off. Mm. Like it's not a pair of sneakers, I guess. Exactly. So I'm just every day I'm like confronted with like, I'm just bracing myself for, I guess I'm always bracing myself for someone to say something nasty and they never do. So maybe this is more about me needing to like chill out with people, but. But I mean, you mentioned get out earlier and not even knowing if you wanted to go see it. And I have a friend who, after he saw it, he was like, man, Get Out was great, but nobody told me it was like an hour and a half of triggers. Yeah, <laughs> I felt the same way. I Oh, I was freaking out. When they pulled up to the house, oh my God, they pulled up to that house the first time and all you see are those four white plantation pillars on right. the house. I had this flashback of my dad telling me when I was a kid, my dad's a drama queen, first of all. So <laughs> he says things all the time that people go, oh, and I'm like, no, we're fine. He's dramatic. He's the best actor I know. Um, but when I was a kid, he would tell me like it, if any of my friends had like, which was not super common in Northern California to have like plantation style homes. But he would be like, if you ever go to someone's house and they have pillars like this, just be warned. There's blood on those walls. Whoa! I was like a kid, but he was like trying to tell me that like houses like this typically had slaves. Whoa! We're in the south and stuff. Yeah, I know. yeah. I mean, that's so. And that may not have even been something you thought about. No, since then I don't think about it. I've toured to the south. I've been in people's homes with plantation pillars. I never think about it until seeing it. It was something about them being so starkly white, and I was like, oh my god, this is a total Jordan Peele dog whistle to black people yes. being like. Remember when your dad said that thing? <laughs> I really felt like it. Yeah, of course it was. I feel like there are probably a ton of nods like that with yeah. how long he worked on it and how much, you know, thought went into it. And Yeah, I absolutely loved it, but it was like, it was emotional. I can't fathom. Yeah, and it just felt like nothing like that had been made before no. at all. No, he's like a genius. A, it's like a, a race horror. Yeah. Which maybe they all should have been. <laughs> right. Yeah. After you watch, you're like, whoa. Eh. 
that's the scariest thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And even in that movie, circling to hair now. So, sorry, spoilers if you haven't seen it, earmuffs, guys. Cool. But um, the 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 woman playing the the maid mm-hmm. in the house. When you see the picture of her from back in the day with a uh, homegirl with the girlfriend, right? She has like curly natural hair. Oh my god! And when she's been body snatched and taken over she by this white grandma, she's in a wig. Has a wig. Oh and my god! I remember when we saw that picture of her back in the day. I was like, "Is that even her?" And I was like, "Oh, her hair's, hair's just different, normal." Oh my god! That, that is such a good detail. Jordan Peele is so good because I thought <laughs> I expected you to talk about the wig, but I did not. You know, yeah. I wouldn't have remembered that her hair was natural in the picture. Yeah, God, that's such a good detail. Oh, he's so good. Uh, I remember before I saw the movie, and I'm glad I didn't read into it too much even though I don't think it would have ruined anything for me because it was just like an aesthetic detail Uh someone posting like oh my god I just realized that she drinks her milk separately from eating her cereal because she separates the colors and the whites and I was like oh I didn't think about that (laughs) right yeah yeah so I knew that going in and I thought like I said I thought it was just going to be like an aesthetic detail you know yep. and I didn't read too much into it so but wow. afterward when I saw it I was like damn this dude damn, this is deep and I'm glad I saw it because it made me more attuned to details like that yep. you know like uh, all the pictures in their apartment were black and white and I was like okay uh-huh. all right I see what you're doing like <laughs> I see what you're doing you're making us wake up <laughs> oh I loved it yeah it's really good and then I'm sure tr- of course I feel like Chelsea Pretty is like going on a tirade of trying to get people to talk to pregnant women in a more reasonable way yes oh thank god <laughs> yeah oh. that's like all I thought about that when you've been talking about the way people will kind of absurdly choose to interact with you because she had this tweet that was like, well, is it a boy or a girl? (laughs) She said, what difference does it make to you, stranger in the grocery store? (laughs) It's so funny. This Uh, was like a few days ago. If you need a good laugh, just scroll back in her timeline and read the like six tweets in a row that she had that were all caps of (laughs) absurd things people have said to her in her pregnancy. (laughs) Why are people so, I really try and check my own behavior with this, Mm -hmm. but like, I don't, I don't know. I feel like I stop myself before I say some crazy shit or just like some weirdly invasive. I always think like, how many times has this person had to answer this question today (laughs) in their life? Do I need to like contribute to that? (laughs) Like, even if someone is wearing, like, a fun, crazy hat, I'll, even before I send a compliment, I think, like, is this man weary of hearing about his hat? <laughs> That's so funny. Or does this person need to know that? Yeah. Does he need to hear about his hat right now? Is he sad because no one's mentioned it? Right. Maybe you... I'll be that savior. <laughs> I think usually if something is... uh a pretty niche like reference mm-hmm. I'll usually be like I like that shirt or whatever oh, yeah, it is yeah yeah cause you're like wink exactly yeah and I feel like I always appreciate when I'm doing something like that cause I won't 
Because if it's niche enough, you don't get it too often. Yeah, yeah. But then the other side of that coin is like, oh, what's that from? Yeah. And you're like, uh, <laughs> it's, oh, uh, God. It's, uh, <laughs> well, do you remember Howard the Duck? Well, they did, like, <laughs> you find yourself explaining this obscure shit all day. You're like, I don't even like it this much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, my dumb pop culture t-shirt is a thing that I could probably bear the burden of explaining whenever I wear it. Yeah, I think just the fact that you get to choose, like, I have more energy for this today. Yeah. I have more energy for randos in the grocery store asking me about this. Yes, exactly. I feel like there's even... Even if you want to, do you ever like wrap your hair? Or oh, yeah. Like a lot of times I will. Well, sometimes I have to play the game of like, do I wrap this up? Because sometimes you're just like doing conditioning treatment and you're like not ready to be seen. So you're like scarf time. Right. Um, but sometimes I play the game of like, will this be more of a conversation if I'm in like a colorful headscarf? Or, like, what's the most neutral? Like, if I'm really not feeling it one day and I'm trying to just like run errands. Also, I feel like when I moved to LA, People in L.A. just talk to you. I feel like they don't have the, like, Chicago on your hustle, got to get where I'm going, no time. You know, like, in Chicago, like, people are friendly, but, like, you keep it moving. Yeah. In L.A. It's kind of a speak if spoken to situation. Yes, absolutely. And even, like, interactions, like, with a cashier or something are, like, polite and efficient and you're, like, in and out and you're, like, this was a good day. Why, when I moved to L.A., are suddenly everyone, like, coming up to me with, like, questions? Or not even, like, about me, but I feel like people just talk. Like, there's a lot of, like, you're standing next to someone, like, in a grocery store or at a bus stop. And not looking at you, they just start talking about the world. And then you realize you're being invited into a conversation. No. And you're kind of like, oh, okay. I didn't realize that I was, yeah, no, there are a lot of kinds of crackers. I don't know how you pick. Like, <laughs> What? So I was like, oh, maybe I'm like this jaded city person because everyone in L.A. is like real talkative. But yeah, so a lot of times I make like a a hair decision in the morning or like if I'm traveling, if I'm on a road trip or something. There's a lot of times when I'm like, oh, I need just like the path of least resistance here. (laughs) And that was exactly why I asked, because I would think that sometimes it like you said, if you just wrap a colorful scarf, you're still not really avoiding that, you know, Nope. Fabulous flight attendant comment, you know? Nope, you're not. Even when you just, hey, you know, if I throw a dirty baseball cap on, because <laughs> that's my, like, oof, I do not want to do anything with this. Yeah, you that's know? your deep conditioner scarf. <laughs> that's my deep conditioner scarf, <laughs> is throwing in a pony and put a hat on it. Yeah. And uh, the comments that I'll get are from, you know, buds of mine, like, I'll roll into an annoyance rehearsal and they'll be like oh nice lesbian tuxedo you know and just yeah. like like yeah this, I, this is a joke we're we all love one another yeah, like, we're, yeah we're doing okay we're yeah, all right right exactly yeah um it's like butch women wear baseball caps that's Good all they wear guys yeah we did it we did it everyone maybe don't put this in like your writing packets guys it's maybe not your best work but we can say it among friends yeah but that's truly the only thing I can, you know, even attempt to think of as an analogous feeling. Yeah. Do people talk to you, though, about being short? Oh, yes. That seems like the thing that you can't take off, that, like, someone's always got to have, like, a witty jab about it or, like, yes. a fun comment. <laughs> and I think, weirdly, it happens more after people see me in shows. Oh, yeah. Because so, they can't tell... 
how big you are and then you get off stage. Yeah, I think it is the perspective difference. Yeah. For some reason, when I came to Chicago, it was like all people would say to me after improv shows <laughs> was like, <laughs> and you know, maybe that's just, I feel like I don't get it as much and hopefully that's because my <laughs> skills have improved and it's not all people are thinking about when they watch me. Yeah, they have other things to talk about. Yeah, but in my first few improv endeavors, for sure, I would get off stage and we performed in this like big space too so I don't know if that had something to do with it but I just looked really small <laughs> just scrolling around space. on those stages <laughs> after shows people would be like you're so little up there uh. <laughs> see these are the comments that I'm constantly scanning myself for when I encounter anyone the first thought I have about that person I usually immediately throw it away <laughs> that is such a good lesson to take away from this conversation. Uh, everyone, if you see a person, the first thing you think, don't say it. It's Go like, to the third thing. Yeah. <laughs> also a good lesson for comedy. Yeah, that's true too. Burn that first idea. It's probably not the best one. No, man. You can come up with better. You're a better writer than that. Right. Oh, man. Yeah, the shortness thing is definitely pretty omnipresent. And I don't do anything to combat it because sure. i don't like wearing tall shoes right i like wearing flats yeah and that's my probably personal rebellion against what's supposed to be the yeah. societal push towards assimilation yeah i fucking you hate gotta do you heels, so yeah i don't really love them either i didn't used to wear them ever and then i found actually this one pair of like ankle boots that i was like this is a heel i could wear but everybody's got something to say about it. Right. I'm already tall, so there's already of like course. a... Oh, you're wearing tall shoes too, huh? Oh, how tall are you? Every Lyft driver. How tall are you? I'm like, I don't know. I'm sitting down. Three feet? Like, <laughs> let's all get where we're going. That's what I was aghast when you said Lyft driver. Because I was like, they're not even looking at you standing up. Oh, uh, constantly. Because they'll watch you walk in, get in the car, and then right. they go, so how tall are you? Oh, God. It's always dudes. It's really just dudes. My yeah. Lyft driver today coming here, she was the best. She goes, you think everybody's, anyone's ever fallen in love in a Lyft line? I was oh. like, uh, I don't know. I haven't, but you do you. I was like, what are you trying to ask right now? Oh, my god. She's like, I bet, because you're, like, sitting close to each other and, like, you're strangers, but, like, sparks can fly, you know? I was like, sure, yeah. <laughs> I remember, I think it was Chris Toffick said that, it was right around when Liftline and Uberpool started. And she was like, this is going to be the new go-to meet cute for every rom-com. Oh, God. Because that's the I new can't wait. throw people together thing. <laughs> How are we going to get these two lesbian chefs to meet? <laughs> Let's stick them in <gasps> a ride-sharing app. But they won't be able to say Lyft or Uber, so they'll be like... right." Oh, did, is this your ride share or mine? I guess we have to share. In a way that no one talks. Yeah. I pulled it up on my smartphone. <laughs> uh, I was thinking that you probably got a lot of how tall are you and yeah. comments on if you ever chose to wear a tall shoe. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of talk about basketball. Oh, Just God. Just like a lot of questions about did I ever play what position did I play? Did I ever play? Why didn't I play? I would have been this position if I had played. Why didn't you? 
It's a lot of that. And see, nobody ever asks me if I played <laughs> basketball. Shows them I did. <laughs> More than I ever did. <laughs> I always, ha- I feel like I always have to qualify. Everyone made the teams at our high school. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. She is not special. <laughs> yes, I did play high school basketball. <laughs> By default. (laughs) I had to. (laughs) Couldn't have fielded a team otherwise. Courted a team? I don't know. Who knows? (laughs) Who knows? I also feel like wearing my hair like this makes me even taller. So I'm just asking for it at this point. I was thinking that too when you were talking about your frame and how you kind of couldn't do shorter hair. Yeah. It just didn't quite work right. I didn't like it on me. I felt big everywhere else. Mm. And I was just like, ooh. I don't want to have to like feel. Yeah, I just felt like ungainly. So, I've done yeah. locks of love a couple of times oh, in cool. my life, and bl- both times, my hair looks fine, short, but I think my face is so big and round <laughs> that <laughs> not having stuff. I would around never it have noticed that to offset. That's because I have a lot of hair, and I, this is probably my like average length. But yeah. when it was just like this little bob, like uh-huh. you know, coming right to my jawline, it was just like you know, just that too much cat face. with the lime on it. <laughs> <laughs> I just have so much face that there has to be stuff going on around it. You got a lot of face. Hey, man. <laughs> Some people, you know, we all have different strengths. <laughs> A lot of face here. <laughs> I think that's also why I don't get as many comments about my height mm. is because one personality, and I think that's probably <laughs> a choice that I've made to combat it. And two, I have a pretty normal sized torso. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you're proportioned. <laughs> yeah. And then, but if you get below the belt, it's like, whoa. <laughs> Somebody squish those together. (laughs) I'm sure people find a way to talk about whatever they think is interesting about you. Right. Right. Yeah. What do you think is the main thing that will keep you embracing your natural hair? Well, I think it's taken, it's really kind of been me having to be like, Cause my, you know, my reps and stuff were like, uh, are you changing it again? Uh, can you, your headshots are, uh, so, so, so. but that was more like when I was here and I kind of noticed like I got to LA and like my headshots don't look like this. They huh. don't like, I took some more to be like, do you want me to have these? Right. They kind of don't. I feel like they're starting to get that we change our hair all the time. <sighs> we meaning black women. And they either know that they can't really ask about it. Or they kind of are, like, getting used to the way our faces look. I really mean this. I think so much before was, like, we're not seeing enough people of color on television. So we are not – if you change your hair, you're a different person. And we've gone face blind and we don't know who you are anymore. Uh -uh. But now I really think that was the case. I think they're, like, if you change your hair that drastically – we we just don't know who you are. You're, right. You look like a different black person now. Wow. So now the fact that there are more of us out there, I think they are learning our faces better. This huh. sounds terrible, but I really think it's true because... No, I, I am like fascinated because I'll, I would absolutely have assumed that all of your reps would have been like, oh my God, new headshots. Right. Like, you have to look like this. I also think there's something about LA, LA is just a little more lax. Like if you're working and you're like able to like get good auditions and stuff, 
I'm sure if you're struggling, they're still going to be like, you need to look exactly like your thing. But at this point, like I'm tending to go to the same casting directors. They know who they I know am. Who you are. And like if I'm ever doing something really drastic, like when I go to braids or something, I just tell them like, oh, I was filming a thing or I was traveling. That's why it looks different. Right. And half the time, even that disclaimer, they just take your headshot and they're like, oh, oh I don't care. Whatever. They're like, you, you're you going to look like this on the tape, so this is what the producers see. Like, huh. But I know a lot of black women have trouble, so maybe it's just that I'm in a n- narrow circuit a little bit. I'm not doing any dramas. Right. I don't go out for any dramas. I just don't want to spend my day like crying over my dead son. Right. Like That's just a personal <laughs> choice. Um, <laughs> I also yeah. was like, I did all the ambulance shows here. I'm done like screaming. <laughs> um, so the ambulance shows. I was in every ambulance in this town. <laughs> um, so I, because I only do comedy, I think they just like know me. But yeah, it will be harder. Like I, I don't get seen for films. So those casting directors don't know me. So hmm. maybe I'll have some. So like maybe TV comedy stuff is just more about who you are and what you're bringing to the table than your look. Uh, maybe. Nope. I'm not going to say that because oh. <laughs> I do feel like it's so the typing thing is so extreme there. They're just more interested in whatever you're bringing as opposed to like what they thought you were going to be. Yeah, that's definitely true. And like I think kind of staying in the like – I think if I started wearing straight weave again, it'd be a, a weird different thing. And they'd be like, what are you doing? I think anything in this curly braids, like they know it's like a thing. Gotcha. They know like natural hair is a thing that's happening. We don't understand it, but this that's is what these women are doing. Really funny. So I feel like if, as long as I stay in there, I'm okay. But no, I, I've never felt typing so hard since I moved. You know how oh, here sure. like every – like there a role comes out. And you see everyone in that audition room, like right. the waiting room. You see like people of different ages and races and everything types. Uh huh. There, you walk into the room and it's like people look like each other. Yeah. <laughs> My friend Jimmy did one of the ambulance shows. Uh huh. And when he went into the audition, or I think it was the callback where it was like, him as a you know thirty something man with beard and tattoos, uh-huh. and then there was like a forty or fifty something man with beard and tattoos, uh-huh. and then like a young twenty something <laughs> man with beard and tattoos, and he was like, oh, so I guess they're just trying to figure out which one of these flavors they want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, and I think that was one of the first times he had experienced that because he's like bit. He just got an agent in the last couple of years, and he's been going out more. And yeah. I'm sure for those Dick Wolf shows, there's more of that typing than there would be for, like you said, a lot of other projects in Chicago. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder. I also think the great thing about coming up here was that I could audition for all these things that I was never going to get, but you just get practice. Of course. Whereas you move to LA and the casting directors there talk about the way things get cast here. And they're like, oh, Chicago oversubmits. They just send everybody. And I was like, but that's that's a good thing. That's how I got good at auditioning. Yeah. So like, I'm sorry that you have to watch too many tapes, but like, <sighs> it's helping us be better at what we do. And... <laughs> It's just because there's so much fewer projects yeah, to submit to. Exactly. Of course they're submitting everybody to everything because there's so little. There's so little. So exactly. they're just trying to get people work. Yeah. That casting director was a jerk who told me that, though. So <laughs> she'll remain nameless. <laughs> I'm sure it's true. I'm sure it is just because the pool is so small. I mean, yeah. I comb Agnes Access with the best of them, and there's just so few things to even consider that you have to 
throw your name in on stuff that's like hell yeah would i i don't know we'll see we'll see <laughs> and like you only get better walking in that room over and over again right sure with everybody's weirdness you know weird directors weird everybody you just have to be like bulletproof to that so the only way to do that there's no other way to simulate that audition experience you can't it doesn't matter if you're in a class because you get to know those people like right you can't simulate those stakes so you have to just keep walking in the room sorry i didn't know i was doing like a <laughs> tawny's uh, pretentious opinions about <laughs> no acting auditioning <laughs> no i feel like this is such an intrinsic part of it in the industry i mean that was one of the things that you led with was you know it might be different in la if this wasn't a huge factor yeah in the conversation and and in the you know uh aesthetic of actors and people in the um, general LA area, yeah. but because that's ever present, <laughs> yeah. it's got to be a part of the conversation. Yeah, I think so. Do you think the national conversation is trending towards natural hair? Do you think there's? I think so, but then every now and then, it's hard for me to say because it feels like yeah, in all the circles that we run in, and like you know these right. <laughs> liberal elites that right. we love so much, I feel like it's fine but yeah I still like I have family in rural parts of this country and I travel all over the country doing music and comedy and stuff and you still get weird you know every now and then you get the stray Twitter or like Reddit comments that are just like comb your hair or like you know and usually it's just dumb trolls but like there is still that thought that it tells me that there's still a thought that like this hair is messy or it's unkempt there's still a feeling of like that's a mess. Why would you do it like that? Right. Um, so, yeah. And I still, you know, we kind of look to our look to our black leaders and like you, there's still a lot of preference for weave. And I have no like I don't shame anyone for sure. wearing what they want to wear. Um, I just didn't want to spend all that money anymore. <laughs> I can't fathom it. And I just hope that it will be OK to wear whatever you want. But unfortunately, it does feel like it's a hard swing. Like there are some people that are so diehard about natural hair and think that wearing weave is a betrayal. And Right. Uh, that's a good you know, point, though, yeah. that it's not just that one side is pressuring people into going straight. There are also natural hair you yeah, know, enthusiasts who militants think it's an abomination to try to train your hair into other. Yeah, exactly. Man. So there's a lot of like hatred on both sides, unfortunately. So, yeah, I hope that and, you know, TV kind of leads the way for that. So I'm hoping like if we see more people doing whatever the fuck they want with their hair, then we'll be OK <laughs> to right. see more people doing whatever the fuck they want. Right. And I'm sure it's not something that you, you know, think about as you drift off to sleep at night. <laughs> but it's very cool that you get to be a part of that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I feel lucky, too. I get a lot of girls like at especially at commercial auditions, which I don't tend to do anymore because I don't book them. Um, <laughs> I think the uh, casting director can see on my face that I don't care. <laughs> I think the product is stupid and the copy is drivel. Um, <laughs> uh, so, you know, I, I don't get a lot of yogurt commercials, um, but uh, girls will come up to me at, at commercial auditions and they'll be like, oh, I wish that I could do this. Like black girls. They're yeah. like. Your hair is so great. I think mine is about your type of curl, but I don't know. I haven't seen it in so long. I just can't. My agents will drop me. I just can't. And I'm like, maybe try. You never know. Like, yeah. you might be fitting into a different niche if you, 
you know. Right. Yeah, it might change, but yeah. you might be able to weather that and it might be totally worth it. And it might be better. And that's what I was going to say. It seems like you have had great experience with, you know, seeing the swing in <laughs> your <Yeah>. type and <laughs> being more, you know, not having to spend so much time and money on. Oh, man. No. Is, do, is it still a time saver even though you have a lot of upkeep for it naturally? Yeah, it's definitely still a time saver. And especially when I go into a protective style like braids or twists, then that's like, woo, easy street. I'm sure. Doing nothing. Washing it, you know, twice a month, basically. And that would be why you would do it more when you're traveling mm-hmm. just to cut down sense. on the wear and tear. Yeah. Um, and but yeah, it still is easier. I kind of just do this like diffused wash and go where I just kind of like stretch it out. Occasionally, I'll do like a twist on my show, Bajillion Dollar Properties, which I should mention just came out, season three. <laughs> yeah. This is promo. This is technically press, so I'm writing off this entire experience. Please um, do. <laughs> uh, yeah, that comes out June 1st today. So, oh, right. Yeah. Third, so, so you're hearing this Wednesday, so it's already out. Mm-hmm. You've had six days to watch it. <laughs> what do you think? You must have seen every episode. Tell Tawny how good her hair looks in it. Thank you so much. <laughs> but don't be too weird about it. Yeah, yeah. Chill Compliment out. other things. Yeah. <laughs> I do have a couple followers that are so sweet because they know, I think they've heard me like bitch about this before and they'll be like, I just wanted to say your hair looks nice and I don't want to be a creep. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry that I've like punished people for talking to me. Yeah, (laughs) but at the same time, that is so precious. (laughs) They really are. Bless these folks who are like trying, trying. (laughs) End of of statement. Bless people who are trying. I think like comedy nerds are some of my favorite people in the world. Like they're just like fans of and the people who make it. I'm like, you're always the ones that are on the right side of history. You're always the most sensitive and you are witty. You're not boring. So comedy nerds everywhere. I love you. I legitimately just got chills. That was so sweet. (laughs) I really feel it. I think we're just like. It's so cool to hear you say that. And I definitely felt that on the Joko cruise. Yeah. It felt like people were so, for the vast majority, Mm -hmm. people were so respectful and so complimentary, but only if they felt like they weren't bothering you. Yeah. It was kind of amazing. Yeah. And and to be like truly interested in people's work, like yes. just seeing them so interested in things was <sighs> like, oh, you're not just like a dude at a Red Lobster being like, let me get a selfie with you. <laughs> 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 These are people who are like, I, just watching them the way they would talk to like someone that they idolize. You're just like, oh. Like Jean Grey, you watch someone approach Jean Grey yes. so carefully. Yes. You're like, oh my God, this is amazing. I totally agree. And it was really heartening uh, to kind of, even in a small way, experience all that. Because I think at least uh, my buds who were with me were, <laughs> every time someone complimented us, we were like, oh my God, thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God, it is. You have no idea how good it is to hear somebody say that. Oh, I love it. We're just little starved, like. Right. Whereas, you know, Will Wheaton is just like, thank you. Yeah, yeah, he's brushing it off. Uh, Thank you for the shirt that has my face on it. Yeah. But we were just like soaking it and drinking it all in. Um, I wonder about that sometimes with Paul F., who's a good friend of mine and my castmate. He, like, I've been with him on a street corner and watched a woman just fall down crying. (laughs) 
just like, I love you so much, and like melt into the earth <laughs> on a street corner in San Francisco. And he's the most gracious, but he's like helping a woman up from the street. What do you it's do like with he's that? Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but people will bring him. I was joking for a while because I did a couple like gigs with him in San Francisco and somewhere else. And like people bring cookies like yeah. to the show. And he's always kind of like, He's, like, got a lot to do to, like, prep for a show. And he's, like, doing the sound check and stuff. I'm just showing up and, like, spitting nonsense into a right. mic for an hour. Yeah. So I'm always the one, like, eating the cookies <laughs> or, like, looking through, like, oh, look, this woman made a painting of you. Right. <laughs> like, way too into the swag that's, that's for so him. funny. I love that. And then he's, like, okay, I'm trying to produce a show here, yeah. Donnie. <laughs> and he's always, like, so sweet to the fans, but it must get so overwhelming. I, people And people also come up to him with, like, crazy shit. Like oh, people come up to him and be like, so my brother, uh, he's doing this and, and like have a story and like a thing they built. And like, it's always very sweet, but like, I don't know how he doesn't get very overwhelmed. <laughs> Man, it's such a fine line because you have to be able to embrace the people who love what you're doing. Yeah. Because it, otherwise you couldn't be doing it. Yep. But I think especially with podcasting, because there's a lot of it and it's experienced in pretty like intimate ways because yeah. people just like incorporate it into their day yeah so they feel like they have experienced you in this way even yeah though you've never met them in your life never it's like this assumed intimacy exactly that's the perfect phrase for it oh that's so you're exactly right that's what it is because people will come up to him as though they're like we are connected we are long lost uh family we right. are twins we are we have the same i'm wearing this jacket because you wore this jacket once so i bought it and now i'm you I've seen people like dress in his exact outfit and then show up and be like, see, this is that suit you have. And he's yeah. like, it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What do you even say? I don't know. He's just like, you look great. <laughs> yeah. What a dream. He's a dream. Two things. Do you feel like there's anything that you would be remiss to not mention in this conversation? Oh, I'm wondering if I've done my promo duties. Bajillion Dollar Properties, season three. You can catch up on all the seasons. Hey, guys, this is legit what CISO told me to tell you. It's on CISO.com. And the last two seasons we released, the, I'm going to put them on blast. They gave us a promo code to be like, hey, people, sign up for free so you can watch, blah, blah, blah. We straight up asked, like, what's a promo code? And they went, eh, we're not doing that. <gasps> so I go, well, how do we, like, encourage new? And they go, well, you could always tell them to, like, sign up and then cancel it after a month. <laughs> I was like, you're not supposed to say that, but fuck wow. it. That's what I'm telling people. So all right. you get a month there free. There you go. So just sign up. You can watch all three seasons if you haven't seen any of them. Um, I'm so sorry and if you you're can... in Canada or anywhere else. Oh. They haven't gotten their shit together. US only. Yeah, we're very sorry. We don't want this, but it's, <laughs> it's NBC. I don't know. Um, but yeah, then watch all of it. Quit your job. Who cares? Like, don't go to work. <laughs> I mean, Stay in bed. Not... They're pretty short. They're like shorter episodes. Yeah, they're 23 yeah. minutes. There's eight of them in season three. Yeah. Uh, that's You can definitely get that in, in a month. You can get it in a month. And then you can cancel it, walk away, burn that credit card. <laughs> Who cares? Throw your computer in a lake. I don't give a shit. Uh, Set yourself a reminder or, on the day before. Right. Or or you could pay for CISO and you can keep paying for it because there's great content on there like Shrink by Tim Baltz. Yes. And Take My Wife by Cameron Esposito and Rhea Butcher. Yeah. The, I've been trying to get Tim to do MBSing for a while because I just want to talk to him about Tom Petty. <laughs> oh my God, you Tom Petty freaks. Ah, I love it. Yeah, he was going to be here this weekend, but it fell through. Oh, uh, bummer. Yeah, I would have looped him into this. To I would have been like, Tim, why don't you sit there and help me talk about black hair? 
<laughs> he'd be like, all right, Tony, then you got to sit there and help me talk about Tom Petty. I would have, too. <laughs> uh, that's my favorite thing about our friendship is how we probably, like, shouldn't be friends right. because of our interests. But, right. But we are. I, it makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. I think the Chicago way is everyone has at least that as a foundational experience. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and for us, it was very huge, too, because we were like, you know, it's kind of like UCB territory out there. So we were like, oh, we're these weirdos from like the Chicago improv scene uh-huh. who do things a little differently. But to have both of us in that cast and then have Brad Morris EPing the first two seasons, it was like, okay, we got this little Chicago pocket and we can communicate a little differently. You know, just because you approach scenes differently based I'm on sure. where you're trained. So. Yeah. I remember talking to you a little bit about that on the cruise and I was like so heartened to hear it that there was a conscious effort to go tawny and tim are our like sega city uh chicago contingency yeah got a few ucb people we got some you know and and to not just have it be overwhelmingly one style i'm sure it helps you guys a ton yeah i think so and it's just like uh cool up our showrunner has been i mean so great about diversity on the show like all of our guest stars she just has like She's just got a good eye for making sure folks are represented. Very cool. And for not always pigeonholing them in, like, what they should, you know. Yeah. She had, we had Steven Yun on in season three. And Steven Yun, who is so massively famous, which I keep forgetting because I did, wasn't the biggest Walking Dead. I watched it a few times, but I wasn't super into it. Uh-huh. So I know of him more as, like, he's Mary Soane's friend. And right. he's this funny improviser. And he was and, like, didn't he also do Second City stuff? Yeah, he did, like... I, did he tour or he understudied maybe? Yeah. But yeah, he was in that world, like right. IO and stuff. And I know, of course, he's massively famous. He's on this huge show. But like, it's so cool to just have him come on. He's playing like this stoner kid. And yes. like, you know, so he people aren't being typecast, but we do have like a conscious effort to bring diversity on the show. And that does mean diversity of training too. So there's cool. like groundlings on the show and there's people who are just like straight up actors. Alicia Silverstone appears in season three. No way. She goes on a date with Tim Baltz. That's amazing. It's so precious. Oh, maybe that's season four. Oh, oops. We shot at the same time. I'm so sorry, guys. Spoiler. Steven Yun. I promise Steven Yun is You'll in. get Steven Yun, uh-huh. get hooked, and then use a different credit card <laughs> and different email address yep. when season four comes out. Sign back up. That's right. Delete it again. <laughs> so watch Virginia Properties by Catfishing CISO. <laughs> Uh, so I said you don't even have to feel bad no he told us to say that I was like I'm gonna literally say those words um, CISO's been very great they've been a good home for us for a little while may it continue that's wonderful well my thing that I feel I would be remiss if I didn't ask about in mm. some way is that the biggest like I don't know sticking point with natural hair mm-hmm. in the zeitgeist if you will is the idea that people always want to touch it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we didn't even talk about that, did we? It's And like I said, it feels like that should be part of it. And yeah. I know it's probably, you know, we're getting into get-out territory where you're like, I don't. No, no, <laughs> no. no. I'm always this. happy to educate. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's so funny. I feel like ever since um, Phoebe wrote that book. Mm. Phoebe wrote it, right? Don't yes. Touch My Hair? Yes. Um, yeah. Phoebe Robinson. Yes, thank mm-hmm. you. I was like blanking. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's become more known, at least, that people are like, oh, they don't like this. Right. (laughs) So it's like the first time you learned that a cat doesn't want to be pet the backwards way (laughs) as a kid. You like all your little kid friends are like, right now we're 10 years old. Now we know that cats, you only go the the down way on a cat. So (laughs) 
I feel like white people everywhere are like, okay, these cats, they don't like this. We should spread the word. I had a woman come up to me at uh, my husband, Nate. He works at this awesome co-working space. Mm -hmm. He has a little startup in L.A. And we found him this cool space downtown. And there's like all these other companies in there. And this girl that he was talking to at the elevator who's not from his company, he was like, oh, this is my wife. And she, I wish the listeners could see me. She (laughs) saw me. She smiled. And she reached both hands up towards my head and then went, recoiled in horror and then went you look great (laughs) so imagine two little paws just coming up towards your head and then pulling them back tight as though you're grabbing your backpack straps (laughs) and like we left and Nate was like you didn't even move he's like you just kept talking and smiling he's like it's like you didn't even see her and I was like I guess I just have so much training and like not reacting to shit like that but she totally like caught herself and was mortified Ugh. That was the first thing she thought when she saw you. Yeah. And, and she had to, she had to physically, like physically reach for it. <laughs> That's what I was thinking was, oh, that was the physical manifestation of her first thought. Yep. And she is mortified. And I hope she never hears this. Because I was like, you did the right thing. You stopped yourself. <laughs> there you go. You know, that's the thing. At the end of the day, she still did the right thing. Sure, sure, sure. And She's not a villain in this story. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I guess that was part of the reason why I wanted to bring it up was it seems like a thing where people have my alien, like, like we said before, it's probably a little more in the... Uh, in our little in our bubble, our little circles. In our mm-hmm. circles here in the third coast, yep. we're pretty friendly to that idea. I think. You oh know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> At least the circles I travel in. Yeah. But you know, I'm from small town South Carolina, and yeah, I just don't know. <laughs> yeah, I also think that some people, because I I've had friends or like acquaintances be like, okay, I know I'm not supposed to touch it, but can I? And I'm like, well, this is this is different. Yes. Like, and I liken it to. If you're wearing, again, like a fun jacket, would you walk up to a stranger and touch their jacket? Or like think maybe something more intimate. And some people might say like, yeah, I would. And that's just, okay, you're a different person. You're a different person and you're an invasive presence. (laughs) Yeah, maybe real some of that. But generally like, um, oh, I don't know, a woman washing her hands in a truck stop bathroom near (laughs) Tahoe. (laughs) Maybe you don't go up to her and grab her jacket or grab her pants like this woman came up and grabbed my hair. And like. She was just like, this is cool. And I was wearing braids and she like kind of tugged on one. What? And I just like pulled it away. I was like, yep. She goes, how long does it take? And I was like, not long enough. And just beelined out of there. What? Yeah, it's just like they just see something they like and they want to grab at it because it's different. So I'm like, yeah, think about that. Like you wouldn't grab someone's skirt. You wouldn't. Like, it's the same with like putting your hand on a pregnant lady's belly. Yes. If it's your yeah. friend, if Chelsea's if Chelsea Brady's your friend. You can touch that I belly. I bet she would be like, hey, it's kicking. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Right. But yeah, it's just the stranger factor, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's odd that some people assume a level of intimacy that yeah. is just not present. <laughs> that is not present. Especially for me. I think sometimes I have a very icy kind of... <laughs> I think it's that Chicago, like, head down, walk through the world type yeah. of, you know not trying to like make too much eye contact. And so when people do invade my space, I'm a little like, 
are you you really had to work for this because I didn't invite it at all. Right. Yeah. I was I wasn't looking at you. No. I wasn't aware you were in that we were in the same space. No, I was giving body language like I don't want to talk. <laughs> I'm maybe having a, a struggle in my life. Right. <laughs> I'm in dark sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> it is cold outside. Right. <laughs> uh awesome. How do you feel your love of and in- interest in natural hair has influenced your life creatively Mm. and kind of on the whole on the day-to-day basis I guess like I mean the cheesy but true answer is just that it's helped me to accept myself (laughs) but that's really the main thing because I think I stopped you know I think I stopped giving a shit what people think about my appearance especially And then that translated to about my work, too, because I'm kind of like, I I don't know. I've done enough reps. I've done enough improv shows. I've done enough auditions to where I don't feel nervous or worried that I'm not doing a good job. Yeah. The only thing that keeps me from getting the job is I'm not what they need. I don't look the way they want me to. And those are things I cannot control. So I'm just like, it, it sucks to not get shit. I'm not saying I'm like above it, but it just... It's there's never a time that I'm like, man, if only I had or I really fucked that up because I, I prepare and I like what I do and I think I'm funny and I like my hair. So if I go in there, I lost a part recently, actually, because I don't know who got it, but I know that they had already cast a recurring guest star and the casting director told me, told my agent, they already cast someone who looks like you. Mm. And I looked up the project and she's just a black girl with curly hair. Uh. We don't look alike. But that is like a real, you know. Yeah. And like the more black women start wearing their hair curly, the more I'm going to have like competition because there's still some confusion about whether our faces are (laughs) are our same faces. Yeah. Um, But I do think it's given me like a, uh, this is is me. You either can use it for your weird thing or you can't. And I think it's helped me. I know it's helped me not self-sabotage because I remember those early days of auditioning when I would let my nerves or like my fear of what they thought about me totally get in Rule. front of the work that I was doing because mm-hmm. I'd be like I have to show them that I'm not just whatever I had all these preconceived whereas now I'm like I have no idea what they're going to think when I walk in it's probably going to be about my hair right <laughs> so I I don't know I yeah I guess just confidence and just general no fucks given especially when I realized that like so many people don't The people giving opportunities out there are still predominantly white and predominantly male. They could not be farther from understanding what I walk through the world with. That I I have no – all I can do is show them my work and that I'm funny because they don't really – I don't have any guarantee that we'll relate any other way. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean – Definitely not a knock on Tim, but that was basically what you said about working with him. I is know. that on paper it doesn't necessarily make sense, right? But in actuality, both you guys are just incredibly talented people right. who, in some ways, have similar comedic sensibilities. You know, partially because you studied at similar places and like yeah. you got a lot of reps in in similar ways. So 
And I would also say about Tim, when you dig deeper, so I guess I'm going against my own point that like just because you look different from someone doesn't mean you're whatever. I think we're all on the same page yeah, about right, that. Right, 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 right. But he, you know, he has this background of being this like dual citizen, like right, having this yes. like secret cultural thing yeah. growing up in like blue collar. He grew up in like the Footloose town, no basically. No way. Isn't uh, Juliet the Footloose town? I think you're right. I think yeah. you're absolutely right. Yeah. So he's this French kid in a Footloose town. Right. So we have similarities so he of like. does kind of have like a couple of different clashing yeah, cultures. Like, outsider culture kind of yeah that's but a really yeah. good point like you said i think it only seeks to solidify the grander conversation that yeah. we're getting at here and i think you nailed a really important thing at least uh for me in this community where uh, nothing matters because <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, it's all just straight up small peanuts uh, uh, no I recall those peanuts they felt very large <laughs> and they are still to a lot of people but I get what you're saying uh, you have to be yourself and doing the things that you like the most because those are the projects that you're going to be happier on Yeah, because if you're trying to fit into some mold or play a certain way that is not actually what you're the best at or what you enjoy the most you're gonna end up doing a lot of shit you don't like doing right right so it's such a gift to be able to just go like you know what yeah i don't care enough about this to try to do something that i'm not right because i also think if you're honest with yourself and you've put the work into honing what you do really well right because it's different i'm not a person who can just be like I show up and this is me and they like it or they don't. Like, I'm not casual about my work. I'm just not frittering my energy away trying to work on shit that's not me. So I just like, but I had to be really sure that I'm like, if I'm going to be this bold and this confident and like turn down every dramatic audition I get, I have to make sure I'm working very hard at this one niche. Right. You know, so, and I and I feel like I do and I don't get, I, I think I only don't get things because I'm not Right. Right. You know? And it seems like that's the ideal, you know? <laughs> I hope so, man. <laughs> I hope so. Because, you know, I'm working a lot, still very broke. Thank you, digital. Um, <laughs> thank you, Say digital. Say so, three ninety nine. <laughs> Sign up. Cancel. Throw your card in a lake. Drive to Venezuela. Sign up again <laughs> for season four. You will not be able to watch it from there yet. <laughs> but you also will not get extradited if you committed any crimes here. <laughs> Use an American ISP. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, it's probably IP addressed was was the was the uh, joke I was looking for. But either way, either you way, guys understand. Either way, I'm sorry if you're in another country. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Tony. Thanks, Mary. I love you, and I mean that. You're the best. This has been a Nerdalogs production. If you'd like to help make more things like this, please visit patreon.com slash nerdalogs to donate today. And go to www.nerdalogs.com for more cool stuff. Thanks for being awesome. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.